Support for this podcast comes from Troy University, dedicated to teaching a new generation to lead change. Information on leadership opportunities available to students from day one is at troy.edu slash lead change. From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Just ahead of the change from daylight saving time to standard time next weekend, we visited Montgomery's old Alabama town. The Orderman Shaw House has an unusual clock that was known as an astronomical regulator in the 1800s. Carol King, historic preservationist and curator at Landmarks Foundation, was our tour guide. Carol King, welcome back to Troy Public Radio. Thanks, Carol, and it's great to be back. We are actually here in the Ortman Shaw House. Where is Old Alabama Town located for your listeners out of town? Just a few blocks from the Capitol. Uh, we actually have a six-block area here, just right off Madison Avenue. We have 50 historic structures. 25 of those are house museums that people can tour and learn about Central Alabama's history and folks that were in the 19th and early 20th century. Can you describe a bit about the Ortman Shaw House? The Ortman Shaw House is on its original site. It was built about 1850. It's a little unusual because it's a three-story townhouse. More of the New York style reflected from the architect, Charles Ortman, who actually designed the house for himself. But he kind of went overboard a little bit and ended up having to downscale. And the house itself actually got sold at public auction in the mid-1850s, just as everything was brewing up for what we know happened in 1861 in the beginning of the war between the states. Uh, the house is located at 230 North Hall Street, and we do have guided tours. The house is really significant because it also has original kitchens and slave quarters in a what we call workyard to the back here. You and I are standing in front of a new acquisition that's very old. What is it? The Bellshaw Clock. A local antique dealer contacted us with this treasure that he had come across with a documented history. It reminds me of a grandfather clock, only it's much taller. The clock itself is about nine and a half feet tall. The whole clock itself is in the Gothic revival style, meaning the top is peaked just like the top of a church would be. And then it has a very large face with the glass cover on it, and the face itself is round, about 30 inches in diameter, and it has the words R.R. R. Belshaw and Company, Montgomery, Alabama, pressed into the brass itself. So, you know, who is Belshaw? We know he was here, obviously. What is the story on this particular clock? So you called it an astronomical regulator. What does that mean? Well, it has to do with the works of the clock. They're actually in very good shape, but we're working with a local clocksmith who's restoring and working on getting them reset and regulated. Then at the bottom, or, you know, in the actual body of it, it's run by a counterbalance of weights. These weights are an eight-pound hunk of brass. To balance that off is a glass cylinder filled with mercury. They're industrial clocks, really. You don't usually see something like this in a house, especially in the South. You might see it up north somewhere. 
So that was the question. Where did this clock come from? How did it make it down here? I noticed on the clock face, what's that on the left? It's a little bit smudged for reading. That's R.R. Belshaw and Company. Mr. Belshaw had a fine things store on Court Square. Now, what happened was his brother, James Anthony Belshaw, an Irishman, he had come through New York in the late 1840s. He came on down to Montgomery, and he had a merchandise store, basically a, a general grocery store located on Court Square in what was known as the Belshaw Building. He unexpectedly died in 1859 of a fever. And in the meantime, Robert, or R.R. R. Belshaw, and James's younger brother and their sister Marie, they had come on over to New York in the mid-1850s because their brother was making a lot of money in Montgomery. Upon their brother James's death, Robert came south to settle his estate. This is on the brink of the Civil War. This is all happening within the decade before 1861 and when the Winter Place saw the telegraph being wired to Fort Sumter. So Robert comes south, but they would not let him own the property. They would not let him settle the estate because he was not an American. He did not want to become a citizen, but he charmed them enough so that they let him stay with the condition that he opened a business in Montgomery also. What kind of business was it again? In the Montgomery Advertiser pages of that time period showed that he had a jewelry, watches, clocks, silver, cutlery, diamonds, and other fine things you could get at R.R. Belshaw and Company on Court Square. Where this clock comes into this at this point, did he bring it with him from New York? Did he order it and have it sit down here and have his name put on it? It's obviously a commercial clock, so did it sit in the window of the jewelry store? But it's such a large face, it obviously was meant for public timekeeping. So you have a bunch of mysteries on your hands. When the Civil War broke out, Belshaw's workers all were pressed into service by the Confederacy. And it left poor Belshaw there. So he was starting to close his business down in February of 1861 when the war begins. Basically, they drafted him into service against his protest. You know, she said, I'm a British citizen. He did lots of letter writing to the British consulate, and he actually ends up being imprisoned. Several places. This character was very outspoken politically, and he was suffering the consequences. And these British citizens who were being conscripted, uh, who were protesting, who did not want to fight on either side, became known as John Bulls. Did um, he ever go back to Ireland after all of this? Well, in 1863, he finally gets released, and he apparently snuck up to New York where his sister Marie gave him some money, and he got on a ship and went back home to Dublin. The clock never left Montgomery. So by 1880, we know that Belshaw, all of his assets in this country are gone. This is quite a tale. The clock ends up in the Western Railway of Alabama offices down on the railroad track. You know, the, the railroad's coming in, it's growing. So we see that this kind of clock was used in train stations because its timekeeping was so accurate. We've done a lot of research with clock people up north, sending them pictures. We think it was probably made in New York because this is a style that can be traced to some of the noted furniture makers, case piece makers in New York. 
as well as the works on it, which we hope we'll be able to do a little bit more research on. It's a rosewood, and it's mahogany, and then it, of course, has the um, Gothic Revival finials on it. It looks sort of like a mini church at the top. It's interesting because the clockmaker knew exactly what to do. When he got up here, the whole top slides off, and that's how you get access to it. The whole bonnet, which is what this is called, and the glass piece just slides totally off, and he can get into all the works are totally exposed, and he can do all the adjustments that he'll need to do. Is this clock in good shape for its age? It's definitely in good shape for its age since it hasn't been moved that much. We'll do a little work on his face. We'll have to buff his face up. It has the hours, the minutes, and the second has the three gauges on there. Once it is running, then the whole thing will be moving. And here we are right ahead of the time change, back to standard time. It's a very interesting story about the family itself, and the clock itself is an awesome piece of material culture. This is the most intriguing clock I have ever seen. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was Carol King, historic preservationist and curator at Montgomery's Landmarks Foundation. More information about the organization and Old Alabama Town can be found at the website, landmarksfoundation.com. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is now a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.